As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome to Deckheads, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Deckheads with your hosts, Nick and Anna. Broadcasting from the bottom of the boat, below, below deck. Ooh, I'm horny. All yacht talk all the time. I'm having a party. We're shoveling coal to keep this show afloat. I love cocaine. We're off the map in international waters. I need some drama, me. Hide that cocaine. Never. In my nose. Just so you know, I'm in an open relationship. Below deck. Woo! Below me. What? Deckhead. I want to be where Nikki is. Hey, Nick. It's Anna. Anna. Hose. All right. Help me out with this. Anna. Hose. I. That doesn't sound like a name. Um. Like, what's the? What's your name? Anna. What? Like, like a last Hose-nier. name would be like uh, Smith or Johnson. Oh, God. What's your last name? Hose. That is a skit, of course, uh, okay. about what, how not to talk. A skit. How old are you? I'm 40. Oh, Jesus Christ. Typical. Is that a problem? Yeah. You fucking 30-year-old? I hate 40-year-old men. It's in my blood. Okay, Zoomer. I'm a vicious bitch. Ah, LaCroix today, Mure Pepino. Mm-hmm. I love that about you. All right. So, everyone, thank you so much I for joining. I love that for you. Stop you, bitch. We are at an impasse. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is season, Below Deck, season six, episode 17, the reunion of season six. Oh, this is the reunion. Man, I just keep being one ahead uh, accidentally. I, for some reason, I thought we were going to record two yesterday, and so I watched two, and then to prepare 
for the two today, I watched two more. I so just, I'm one ahead. I just don't I'm care sorry. about your problems. Sorry, you don't know how to read. No, I know how to read. I just no, don't know how to read. No, clearly. I'm just joking. I know you know how yeah, to read. I, I know how to read, Anna. Because I always send you those pamphlets and then tell you to tell me what they say. Because turns yeah, out. Yeah, you always ask me, now what was the last sentence about? And I'm like, fuck, I didn't read all day. <laughs> but now I've just started to read the last sentence. Uh, but that, that's the trick because I don't actually know how to read. So you don't know what I'm wrong. No, I don't. Um, all right. So let's get into this uh, reunion because it's chock full of tantalizing goodies. Um, tantalizing Anna, or tantalizing? You, you would never guess who hosted this reunion. Uh, yes, I can. It's Ande Cohen. Oh, yeah. he is that the guy who's re- done the last 40? The last 40 episodes? Yeah. 40 reunions? Yeah. Did you hear they're doing another um, spinoff? What is it? Um, below deck, oops, all next. Oh, right. I heard you got that sold. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out Tennyson Watts. Yeah. Tennyson Watts came through, got, made you the, um, proof of concept you needed to sell the show. Yes. Of course, my original idea was oops, all chefs, I guess. I thought it was oops, all captains, but was, you say it's oops, all chefs. It was definitely. But I think there could be a spinoff for each oops, all jobs. I can't wait till it's oops, all charters. Anyway, check that out on our Twitter, our Instagram page. Very funny. I love lots of me's. Yes, so many. There was one where I legit was like, oh, he missed one. And then I looked closer and I was like, nope, that's Nick. It was me. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty surprisingly well done. Yeah, not going to lie. You're gorgeous with a great set of hair. Thank you so much. I think Tennyson Watts should um, do the dinosaurs for the next Jurassic Park. He's so good. Yeah. Totally. But Uh, that's just me. I don't have any power. Sorry. (laughs) All right, guys. We're at the reunion of season six. It's episode 17. And we learned that Caroline was not invited uh, for good reason. Because she'd be too much, probably. But I also... (laughs) I have a headache. (laughs) There is, like, she came out and said a bunch of stuff about how her side wasn't shown very well and... Uh, Google it if you want to know. It's just so much Caroline that I just really can't tell you guys about it on here. It's just too much Caroline to like take in. Just Google what really happened with Caroline on Below Deck season six. You know, all apologies to uh, Dana Carvey, but uh, not gonna Google it. No, not you. I sent you the link a while back. Not gonna Google it. But to give you a gist, basically they they didn't show a lot more of Kate and Josiah like yelling at Caroline. And I guess they didn't show her like writing down all the terrible things he said. And then I guess the reason Caroline decided not to work that day was because she says Josiah came in and started ripping all her clothes off her hangers and saying, we need hangers. And they didn't show that, which I don't know what is real and what is not with Caroline. Yeah. And I guess she tried to come to the reunion, but the cast and crew told her that she wouldn't get or the crew told her that she wouldn't get the. She basically wouldn't get the answers that she wanted and they think it'd be more detrimental to her than not. So they uninvited her and she was not happy about it, I think. I think she felt wrong. So she went on kind of like a Twitter rampage against Captain Lee and Kate and all that. And yeah, it was a bit. I mean, look, two sides to every story. I think everyone was in the wrong 
I thought Caroline wasn't carrying her weight, but I also didn't think Kate and Josiah needed to basically terrorize her that day. I think they did. I loved it. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so I want to watch that spinoff, just the three of them. Caroline wasn't invited, so she's not there. Below deck. Just the three of them. All right, write that. I'm going to write that down in my below deck spinoff document. Thank you. Chandler was also not there, but it sounds like maybe he just didn't want to come. Did you get that vibe? Uh, Chandler? Yeah. Um, Well, people who get fired aren't invited. People who get fired don't I do the I think they the reach reunion. out to try and get them to come, but then they just don't want to. Because remember, they tried to get, what's that guy's name? Dale? Dane? Dane. To come, but they he did. didn't want to. Caroline wanted to come. Well, I guess she quit. Eh, whatever. Anyway, uh, Captain Lee's wearing leather. Pretty interesting. He's a leather boy. A lot of leather. He's like a cool leather and guy. gold boy. He like bought into his whole like stud of the sea brand that Bravo was pushing. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I am the stud of the sea. Then he like bought a leather jacket or let's be real. Marianne bought him a leather jacket and he's like, and that's what sure. they call a his stud of the sea with his lovely bride. Anyway. So uh, apparently Ross and Ashton still have a strong bromance going. And then they ask Ross about his recent arrest in West Palm Beach. And he says that just like him and his him and some mates were just partying and having fun. It was just a misunderstanding and he can't say too much more. He probably just got like a drunk in public. Probably just taken to the drunk tank because he was just like, party, trying to make out no, with the No, he cops. probably yelled racial epithets at somebody. Ross? Yeah. Hmm. I don't see it. No, you don't. Because you don't see color. That's not true. You see extra color? Yeah, I'm like a new TV. So, yeah, he says he can't say more. He can't say more because I guess I don't care. Kate says Crystal was the worst guest she's ever had in her entire yachting career and Apparently, Crystal and her friend were Ross's guests when he did Watch What Happens Live, like an after show for Below Deck. And Ross says he just, uh, they hang out from here and uh, time to time. And they're like, oh, friends with benefits? And he's like, uh, more like just benefits. And then apparently she may or may not be married. Ross says she's not, but I thought she was. Like she had some like investment banker husband. I don't know. This is the craziest revelation. I don't know if you remember last episode, but she was... A monster? A literal monster. In a way, a child. She was a nine-year-old girl having a tantrum. Yeah, she was freaking out. Um, And then Ross fucks her. You know, I was thinking the other day how problematic it is that... um, the Spice Girl I was most attracted to was the one that was a baby. Oh, Baby Spice. hmm <sighs> Wow. And I wish that wasn't the case. I don't really know what to say to that. Yeah, well, it, uh, long silence was not the way to go. <laughs> well, I couldn't understand. I thought you meant you were attracted to a baby, and I was like, where the fuck is this going? And then I remembered Baby Spice, <sighs> and I was like, oh, okay, it's been a while. Why did you have to remember that? Because like, that I just, you know, like, we've taken a lot of content, and my mind is so fried lately. 
Like, I am so fried. I was reading about, like, TikTok drama. I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's so much shit that I put in my mind that I don't really need to be putting in my mind. I'm just all over the place. So, yes, sorry for a second. I couldn't remember Baby Spice as a concept. Fine. Conceptually, I couldn't remember her. Sorry. I have a lot going on. I had to take my dog and the cat to the vet this morning. Have you ever taken two pets of different speci to the vet? My God. No, why? Why'd you do that? Because they need their yearly checkups. Both of them? Yeah, they both had to get their rabies shots. Their updated no, rabies shots. alternate. Okay, well, I didn't have time. So they both go to the same vet. They have the same vet. So I took them at once and that's done with. Anyway, so we get into how much Kate loves Josiah and how much Caroline sucks and Laura's arrival to the interior. And Riley says Caroline was very distraught all day, every day. And she knows because she roomed with her. And Aston says she just wasn't coping well with the situation. Like she didn't have any, she just didn't know what to do. And that's what was making her like um, spiral. And Andy says he spoke to Caroline and she pointed out that there was a pattern of stews not getting along with Kate. And Captain Lee defends Kate and says if the stews don't pull their weight, then they're not going to get along with Kate because she's very strict and likes to keep shit moving. That's the rule. If the stews don't pull their weight, they're not going to get along with Kate. And if they are late, then they can be bait on my fishing trip. Do, 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 do. What do you think? New song for the album? Perfect. All right, I'm going to write that down. New bait for the fishing trip. The fuck? We just had a situation where Nick X'd himself out of the Zoom call in the midst of the recording because he's classically Nick. It's very funny, but it's over and that's nice. Yeah. So Laura says she feels bad for Caroline and thought she was treated poorly. And Kate and Josiah said they treated her pretty well and up until she turned on them and quit. And Josiah says that he's never been more patient with someone before. And I agree. Like, they were okay with her. Like, for the most part, until she basically kept getting, in quotes, injured or, like, getting sick and, like, just, it was just, like, never-ending and she just wasn't pulling her weight. And I would have also eventually lost my shit. And I did think they were being nice to her for the most part, like. Look, she kept getting mad at them for talking about her. Like, they're not allowed to talk about her. You know, like, at all. Yeah. They weren't saying, like, super mean things they're saying you know it's like it was barely even criticisms and then she's like i heard what you said you're like guess what bitch there's three of us when you're with fucking josiah you talk about me yeah i mean it's not insane that you talk about another person that you know that is what happens when three people are in a room and then one person leaves the other two talk about that person negatively for one hour yeah and get over it go talk shit about them to someone else and then act nice to their face. Oh, hell. That's my like worst. I would hate that. Well, it's what I do with, uh, you know, every time you leave the room. Oh, okay. I cool. Talk shit about you with Zach. I will find out. So, uh, Caroline has tweeted things that were not as 
she basically tweeted that things were not as they seemed uh, with her last day. And like I was saying before, and Kate says that she's very intelligent and very good at playing the victim when things don't go her way. And they show a clip of Kate and Josiah that we hadn't seen before with them out sitting outside of her room and just yelling about how she's leaving because she has herpes. And Kate says it was they were being really mean in the moment, but they had like hit a wall and were like so fed up that they wanted her off the boat. So they were like acting a fool. And Kate and Josiah say they regret the situation and shouldn't have done it, but were frustrated because she wasn't pulling her weight. And then she just quit. And Ashton says, you have to look at the buildup of her behavior to push them that far. So Ashton, it looks like, is team Josiah and Kate and no longer team Caroline. Uh, I agree. All right. Josiah says he was bullied a lot when he was younger and that made him a stronger person. And he did regret playing the loud music outside of Caroline's room and saying mean shit to her. But it was fine. Everything was fine up until the final day of her being there where everyone's everyone snapped. And by everyone, I mean Kate and Josiah. So I don't know. I, I felt it was weird to be like, well, weren't you bullied? Wasn't it inappropriate to bully her? And it's like, dude, they weren't bullying her up until like they both went full like just they just became jerks because they couldn't handle it anymore. Like you can only get pushed so far before you're like, you know what? Fine. Fine. Fuck you. And you know what? I, yeah. I've been there. And for you and me, that's very, you, that is not very far at all. But for someone who is in the service industry, it should be a little longer. Yeah. Well, Captain Lee says they could have definitely handled the situation better and, he could have handled the situation better as well, but he just didn't know all the information at the time. And watching it back is where he like learned what was happening. Laura says that she didn't have the intention of coming in so hot with such an attitude. And she says that now after watching it back, she sees that she was being a little too much. And Captain Lee says he would have fired her on the spot for her freak out on Kate. And Kate says she was bewildered by the whole outburst when Laura was being like, check yourself, check yourself to Kate. Are you exhausted as I am for just saying check yourself? Yeah, probably? yeah, just listening to you day in and day out. Wait, what the is that what? fuck? Sorry, what the I'm fuck? sorry. That's no, my, I didn't. That's my impression of you when you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, there you go. What the fuck? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's uh, take a quick break because we're gonna physically fight. Bye. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and last hour on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. 
Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Nick's nose is broken. What you said was really hurtful, and it knocked me to my the floor, and I accidentally broke my nose. That's <laughs> me laughing at you. This is me cursing you. Mm. Cool. Okay, it's silent. Yeah, but I got that. I was, I was doing Wait, it. hold on. That's me whipping the curse away back to you. So you just cursed oh, yourself. <laughs> Gets me blowing everything in the world at you. And he's going, whoops, hitting it back at you. No, it didn't work. Yeah, it mine did. worked and yours didn't. No, mine worked because I'm I'm stronger. Okay. So uh Laura says <laughs> I, mean, I just cursed you again. No. Sorry, it's silent. You can't well, tell psh, it's happening. I sent it right back again. No, what? <laughs> I shouldn't tell you. I did it. <laughs> oh, this is delirium kicking in. So, Laura said, stop cursing me. I can see you doing it. Whoops. There I sent it back again. Now, I'm, now I've beaten you. No. Because you just think I'm always cursing you. I know. You. It's so true. You win, Nikki Boo. All right. So, Laura says that she had been pushed to madness. And she tells Kate that kindness goes a long way. And she's been doing this for a long time. So, she should try and see someone else's point of view a little. And Kate's like, there's no time for seeing someone else's point of view. Work needs to be done. Charters are here to be had. And then uh, they both agree that they would definitely work together again. Because by the end of the charter, they had fallen into a group. Or by the end of the season, they had fallen into a nice groove. Do you think they fell in love? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they fell in love. I love love. I love love. So Love is love, you know? What is love? The smartest thing you can say in the English language is to say that one thing is itself. You know? Well, that's that. Well, that's that. You know? Well, good is good. So. <laughs> but men will be men. Yeah. Boys will be boys. It, it's such like a cop out. Oh, it means not absolutely nothing. Of course, it, of course not. It's like if you looked in the dictionary, you're like, "What does xenophobic mean?" And then the the um, the description was xenophobic. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. It's not a good book. I'm not a fan of this dictionary you keep talking mm. about. Give me a give me a vaginary because I am a feminist. Yeah. So we get into a, Adrian's vaginationary. What? A vaginationary, not a dictionary. Vaginationary. Um, this bit was better when I didn't. It run it into the ground. Yeah, no, I agree. Please move on. So uh, we get into Adrian's cooking and a situation with Laura. And Kate defends Adrian by saying he's from St. Martin and it's a very fun place. And Laura's from Canada, which is more conservative. And Adrian says he's very apologetic about the situation and he misread their whole like relationship. Like he didn't realize that she would be uncomfortable. And Ross thought that Laura should have addressed the situation sooner than she did. But then they were like, well, Adrian was her superior, so it's a little harder. And then Adrian says, looking back on it, his jokes definitely made him cringe a little. And uh, Kate says she wasn't aware or she would have told Adrian to stop being so fucking creepy. And that's that. Yeah, well, this is, uh, we're all learning, you know. And I think it's pretty dumb to have not learned the lesson now that because you are from a place, you get to be inappropriately sexual to everyone you meet. I love that he's, I'm from St. Martin's, so. Everyone fucks there. That doesn't fucking mean anything. St. Martin is like fuck I'm sure there's land. all types of different people in St. Martin's, just like there's all types of different people anywhere. St. Martin is fuck sexy land. You don't get to just like finger oh, someone fuck. in St. Martin's that you don't know just because you're, oh, I thought you were in St. Martin's because you wanted me to be a creep. I fuck. I'm from Samoa. Okay. So we get into the deck crew drama and Captain Lee thinks Chandler was just overwhelmed by the whole situation and Ross agrees with that. And Riley says she was relieved when Chandler was fired because he treated her so poorly. And Ashton said at that point, something just had to change. And Ross does think Chandler needed to be fired because they weren't performing as a team and they just made way too many mistakes. And Adrian says that Chandler was a little distraught when the show started airing, but he brushed it off and got back to his life. And Ross says he's a really good guy, but had trouble working on that boat and working with that crew. And they're saying he's he's used to like private, well-oiled machine boats where it's like everything has a system. And, and now he had to manage a crew and he just didn't have those skills to build a whole new system of how the like deck crew should work. So he just wasn't cut out for it. And uh, Riley says she didn't hate Chandler. She just hated the way he treated her. And she didn't like that she was being dismissed by the deck crew. And Chandler didn't want to manage her. So that set her, in a, set her mood in a bad place from the start, which she regrets. And she's not sure if it's because he treated her that way because she's a woman. Because And then this is the weirdest line ever. She goes, I'm not sure if he treated me like that because I'm a woman. Because I don't have a strong enough opinion on that, like... A feminist would. What does that mean? Uh, like, what does that mean? Like, a feminist would. Are you not a feminist? You don't believe that men and women should be equal? The, I don't know. This they're 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 making an argument out of like they're pretending that the problem was something else. The problem was that Chandler was a very bad manager, and that Riley is a really bad employee. And that's the problem. It's not, it's not like a fucking, there's no other dynamic going on. There's two people who do not thrive in these situations. Huh. I do think it's because he was threatened by her strong womaniness. 
Um, I but don't I'm a feminist, so like I have a She's strong opinion on it. She's just yelling no? at everybody. I'm a feminist, so I have a strong opinion on it. Oh, okay. What can I say? When you're a feminist, you have strong opinions on things like women. Yeah. Which always. I guess that's. I guess I must be a. Feminist. It feels weird because like everyone should be a feminist because it it literally all it means is that you believe in equality between men and women. Like well, that's, not everyone does. That's crazy. Ugh, I shouldn't say crazy. That's that's absurd to me because a woman's place is in the office making me money. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. But like, I just like to think that like Riley doesn't consider herself a feminist. Like, what do you think then that like men and men are? Oh God. If I really look, she's from fucking Alaska, and she thinks what Sarah Palin thinks. It just, it confuses me. It genuinely confuses me. It's unbelievable is what it is. But you know what? I'll move forward. Uh, give me one Thank second. You. Okay, she's gone, y'all. Um, now, I am in talks with another host to replace Anna. Um, it's tough because of, you know, Anna works at iHeart. But we, I've had some high-level talks with... Um, the upper brass and they all agree I'm carrying this show. And, um, as long as we get someone else in here, this could be the number one show in America. So they're, they're talking, uh, like Chelsea Handler and Amy Schumer, but I want to go with someone famous. So I have told them Betty White or nothing. So hopefully sometime in the next week or so, Anna out, Betty White in, and uh, and I really think that's going to help our numbers out because Betty White. No, look, no offense to Anna, but Betty White is more famous. I I just learned she was in this show called The Golden Girls, where it was women I think ten years older than me <sighs> um, live together in Miami in an old folks commune or something. What are you talking about? And um, their bodies are harvested for me. What? What are you talking about? Nothing. Yeah, I heard you say women's bodies were harvested for me. Um, oh, I guess, yeah, at the end. Anyway, we're back. Sorry about that. I got a flower delivery. <laughs> Is that okay. a weird thing? I really did get a flower That's delivery. Weird. Why? From who? Uh, from Zach? No, from Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers. It's Has Zach ever gotten you flowers? Yeah. He has? Yeah. When? Uh, usually it's for like my birthday or Valentine's Day. What did he get you for your birthday this year? This year he didn't get me flowers because I said I didn't want them. But this, I mean, he got me a few things. I'm waiting. I don't want to get into what gifts he got me. But I think our listeners deserve to know. No, they don't. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, anyway. Lyra got me the same thing she gets me every year. What? Four hundred and fifty dollars. She gives you a four hundred. She gives you basically like your allowance for the year because mm-hmm. you make no money. And then I have to make that stretch. <laughs> That's really funny. You're in a yeah. Okay, where were we? Sorry, I walked away again. Yes, I had a flower delivery and I had to answer the door. So I'm so curious what you were talking about earlier about like harvesting people, but whatever. Uh, Riley says Chandler was quick to blame her for everything, which made no sense. And she's not very soft-spoken and she's not going to let some guy walk all over her. She's going to speak out about it. And 
Josiah says that he thinks um, Chandler didn't like Riley because she was a strong woman and he just wasn't ready for that uh, within like his deck crew. Um, and being a strong woman means you yell at every single superior that ever criticizes any single thing you do. That's what being a strong woman means. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. But you are not a strong woman. Wow. You think it's okay to say I'm not a strong woman? I think it's okay to say you're easy to work with. And if you are easy to work with, then you can't be a strong woman, apparently. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Glad we, we uh, figured out our yeah. differences. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I feel like we're doing a lot better ever since we Move just on. did that. Okay. So they get into Riley's attitude and Riley says that she was antagonized by the other members of the boat from the very beginning and she's very reactionary so she responds to people's shit and Captain Lee says he doesn't regret uh, not firing her and is glad that she made it to the end of the season but the way she treated Superior sucked and he says but Chandler was very condescending to her so that makes sense why she wouldn't like him but Ross just could have been a lot more firm with her in the way he spoke to her of like being like, you got to tone it the fuck down. And Riley thinks her arguments with Ross were more about miscommunication, but the arguments with Chandler were more just because he was a dick. Yeah, he's I, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't say it any more times. I mean, like, I'm, I, I hate that I have to talk about Chandler anymore. I he sucked. She sucks. I hate them both. I wanted them both fired. Um, she was a fine worker, I guess, but she deserves to be fired because of her shitty fucking attitude. You can't yell at everybody. I have a question. What? How do you feel about Chandler and, uh, Riley? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, oh no. He's getting really red in the face. You're getting hexed. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hex me once. Shame on you. Hex me twice, I whip it back. That's the saying. Whip it back. Thank you. So uh, they ask if maybe Riley and Chandler hated each other because of the sexual tension. And she's like, there was never any sexual tension between us. And Riley says that she has problems with everyone, all the deck crew she had problems with, and yet every single one of them except Chandler came to her for some loving. Ashton tried to sneak in her bed when he was wasted. Ross loves to kiss a lady when he's wasted. Who do you think would, you would rather kiss, Riley or Crystal? Hey, Riley, because I just, Crystal is like a whole nother level. At least Riley has some sense for the most part. Oh, interesting. What about you? Um, Crystal. Why? I'm not attracted to Riley. <laughs> so you would kiss Crystal? I didn't say Mary. I'm just making no, out I with a girl. I never said Mary either. I don't care how many problems that little poor rich girl has. Well, whatever. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, apparently Ross tried to kiss Riley twice, but we didn't see the first time he tried it. And Riley says she just didn't want to hook up with anyone on board just to do it. She's like, I make my own booty calls. 
Good for her. Booby calls. Booby calls. Yeah, without her giant rack, no one would have paid her no mind. I don't care without, anymore. Without Cancel her me. giant rack. <laughs> Cancel me. I dare you. So we get into all the romances on board, and uh, Ashton and Laura say they're now just dear friends and not together. And Riley and Tyler are also like, yeah, we're totally dear friends. But then there's like some confusion as to if Riley and Tyler hooked up the night before after clubbing. I didn't get that. It sounded like Riley was denying it, but everyone else was being like, you did. Yeah, well, maybe they did. Maybe they don't. Who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Am Nick. I too cynical uh, for this who podcast? Cares? Now? Who cares? Yeah, you're who too cares about? It? Fast forward to the end. I want to see the credits. You're being too cool. Is that not how I usually am? No. Aren't I usually incredibly cool? No, you're actually usually pretty lame. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks for saying you're joking. Yeah, no, you're. I'm joking. Like I would never call you lame in front of your face. I can never tell when you're joking. I would never say you're lame to your face. That's nice. Beyond your back? Oh, that's a different story, my friend. You don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I can't wait till you hear what I said while you were gone. Oh, I'm going to kill you. Okay. So Ashton says he didn't have sex with any girl with anyone. He didn't have any sex until the end of the season. And Laura's like, stop it. And then they're like, but that girl in the van. And he's like, I didn't have sex with the girl in the van. And they're like, but she was like moaning. And he's like, yeah, I can make bitches moan without fucking them. And everyone's like, okay. Ow. And he's like, shut up. And he's like, I did not have sex with anyone until the very end. And Laura keeps being like, stop saying that. Because I guess she's trying to deny that they had sex at the end, even though he totally covered the camera. And then in the next morning, she said, she literally said, does it smell like sex in here? Well, a lot of times I say that after a giant shit. Ew. I'll go to Lyra and I'll be like, does it smell like sex in here? And she'll be like, no, it smells like you took a giant shit in here. <laughs> and then I high five her. Mm -hmm. And then I go out for a, for a run. After shitting? Yeah. I feel so light. It's easy to, easy to run. Oh, cool. So uh, Kate says apparently Ross tried to kiss her as well when they were out partying. And he, she thinks that he probably didn't even realize it was her. It was just like someone to kiss. And Ross is like, oh, weird. And then he's like, yeah, we didn't hook up me and Kate. And Kate's like, not yet. And then Riley's confused. And she's like, wait, I thought you guys did hook up. And then it turns out he actually hooked up with Hannah, the chief stew from Below Deck Med while they were in L.A. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, Ross is uh Ross out here. Yeah, I'm jealous of all the girls Ross has kissed. Really? To all the girls Ross has kissed. Are you really jealous? No. Oh. Well, so um Riley says that Tyler was being a dick. When he said that stuff about her trying to insert herself into his future, because she, I guess, told him directly that she wasn't writing his name with hearts on her notebook and that there was no business plan set to have a sailboat Airbnb or whatever. It was just a casual conversation. And the crew built it up by teasing him constantly about his relationship with uh, with Riley. And, and Riley says she isn't bothered that her crew members only pursued her when they were drunk. And Kate jokes that like, oh, that's, 
that's not the only, or that's the only thing that didn't bother you because she's always mad. Yeah, and then she <laughs> laughed at it, and everyone laughed at it, and I thought that was nice that they finally had one moment, but we're like, but remember, Riley, you're awful. Mm. God, you can't like Riley. Why? Because Riley sucks. I can like whoever I want. You're not my daddy. Nope, I am. No. Yep. No. Prove it. What was the exact time I was born? 420. You nailed it. Shit, dude. Yeah. We, hey, it's great to see you. Ugh, God, Daddy? It's great to meet, meet you. Daddy. I could have been 10. <laughs> Devastating. Uh, okay. Well, um, God, it just made me think of the, the woman who had to, an affair with a 12-year-old student and then ended up marrying him. She just died of cancer. It's pretty sad. Wait, who what? Mary Kay Loriquette or whatever her name oh, was. Oh, of course. Mary Kay Laterno. Yeah, yeah Laterno. Yeah, Loriquette. Jesus. <laughs> Laterno. Yeah, she just died of cancer. But she she got with she the She started in the Loriquette show, right? She started she got with the kid when he was like 12 or 13 years old and then they got married and had two kids. Ugh, wild. Yeah, I I know. I was there. I'm 10 like, years older than you. Could you, you. imagine like it just seems so unbelievable to be like, I fell in love with this child because I knew he was the one. Like, he just made me laugh. Oh, it's so weird. I'm sorry. I can't wrap my mind around it. Okay. So, it's love. Um, shut up. Illegal rape, sure. Yeah, it's a pedophilia. But eventually love. Oh, God. It's not okay. All right. So Ashton says he didn't consider Adrian competition when pursuing Laura uh, necessarily said it's fair game and Laura doesn't love the phrase. She keeps being like, stop saying it's fair game. And Adrian says he's no longer in an open relationship and he's currently single. Mm. Yeah. And Adrian says his biggest regret is not being more mindful of his coworkers feelings at the time. And he's currently working for a, a private couple in New York. Emphasis on the private. I bet he fucks them. And then Tyler says he has no regrets uh, and he's living in New Orleans. Do you get that joke? No regrets? <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's probably like that. God, it was like, it's called like We Are the Millers or something like that, uh, where this like family's pretending to be a family. These like criminals yeah. are pretending to be a family. And then the girl yeah, meets yeah. a guy who like is wearing. Oh, the tattoo. The tattoo, and it says no regrets. Yeah. Well, that guy has the same vibe as Tyler, who's like, oh, no regrets, though. That's funny. Because <laughs> he's a fool. So Riley says she re- she regrets how she spoke to superiors, and now she's working on a couple of boats, and that's what she's doing. And Josiah says his biggest regret was how he handled Caroline's exit, and he's currently living in between New York, Spain, and Manchester with his partner. Kate regrets... The childish ways she acted with Caroline and that it wasn't great to watch back and that she's opened up a nonprofit store in her hometown, but gives us no more details. And Laura says her biggest regret was not handling the situation with Kate well. And now she lives in Toronto and is a full-time yoga instructor and trainer. And uh, Ashton says he regrets being so unfocused in the moment when his accident happened, but he's glad to have learned from it and is currently working with a family in Atlanta, Georgia, as a private trainer and does the security work for them. 
and is the manager of their estate. How funny is that? He's basically just like, I don't know, it's just funny. He's just like a buff ass, like, hello, I am Yeah, Ashton. he's just like, they bought a man. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, take care of them. Oh, Ashton. It's like so the toy. Funny. He is like the Terminator, though. Like, they bought a Terminator. <laughs> so, Ross regrets trying to kiss everyone and not recalling those moments. And he's currently in Florida spending time with his baby mama and his kid. That's nice. Well, I hope they get together and she gets over the fact that he must have cheated on her many, many times. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Captain Lee regrets how he handled the situation with Kay and Caroline. And, of course, he's still running boats forever. And the final thing they talk about is Ashton's accident. And they bring out Brent, the cameraman who saved Ashton's life. And they hug it out and everyone's wiping tears from their eyes. And Ashton says it's very overwhelming to rewatch. And everything he's able to do today is because of Brent. And he wants he just wants to make Brent proud. As if he's his father. And Brent says it wasn't just him. It was collectively all the debt crew who saved his life. And everyone's like, no, it was you. And uh, he saw Ashton go in. And he went down the steps and put his camera down and quickly assessed how to, like, basically release the lines off the cleat. And they think Ashton was under for, like, 25 seconds trying to get his foot loose. Foot loose. And uh, Ashton says he was mentally preparing. Yeah, Ashton says he was mentally preparing for his foot to be ripped off from the force. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core 
what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. So basically, Ashton's very grateful for Brent. Captain Lee says this accident ranks at one of the top of the worst things that's ever happened in his career in yachting. And then Captain Lee says, Brent is a stud. And he gives him a hug. And Ashton says it's been a massive wake-up call. And then Brent says that he's happy to be here at the reunion, even though he's usually more of a behind-the-scenes guy. And uh, everyone is so happy with Brent receiving Ashton. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of season wow, six, guys. Season. What a great season. It was season. a great season. Congratulations, I truly, everybody. I agree. That was probably one of the best crews they've ever had. Can I tell you this? Sure. I already think the next season is the best season ever. The next season we're covering, the Med- Mediterranean season three. Season four. The first two episodes four. are f- four. The first two episodes are fucking bonkers. The yeah. chef, the new chef, is one of the greatest characters I've ever seen on television. She's and a shit I cannot show. fucking wait to get into these. Yeah, she, I am not ready for her. I'll just say that. All right. Boat fact. It's time for Boat, Boat facts. facts with Nikki Tease. All right, Nikki. Now, Anna Hosnier. Hi, how are you? What year did the U.S. Navy begin? The Navy in the Navy. The Navy, the U.S. Navy. What year? Uh, the Navy. Sorry, if I sing it enough, I might have a sense of when the Navy nope. started. I don't know, but I'll guess. guess. Just okay. say a name, a number. Was it before? I'm going to say it was oh after God. the Declaration of Independence. Um, Pick a year. 1805. 1775. That's one bullshit! Year prior. That is yeah. bullshit! Yeah. Um, but... Um, if it makes you feel any better, it wasn't until 1794 that Congress authorized the construction of six frigates, the first ships what did you of say the United me? States Navy. A frigate? Uh, yeah. The USS Constitution, USS Chesapeake, Constellation, President, United States, and Congress. Those are the names of the first six ships of the U.S. Navy. Now, only one of these ships are still on the water today not operational but one the USS Constitution which is nicknamed Old Ironsides which is probably more it's more famously known it's still in service and is the world's oldest floating commissioned naval vessel they don't use it though uh Do they? no i mean it's just sitting there but uh anyway um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And that's today's Boat Facts with Nikki T. Back to you, Anchor. Wow. So I can't believe they're just going to call it a frigate. Yeah. And the name of the book that this information is from is called The Six Frigates, <laughs> Birth of the U.S. Navy. 
Okay. Every time you say a frigate, it feels like you're assaulting me. Well, I don't know. Frigate's a word and frigate means ships and forget it. Forget frigate. I can't forget about it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm filled with frigatefulness. I can't just be sitting here forgetting about it. Really trying to make that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, that's it. Uh, we'll see you guys next season. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That was Below Deck Season 6, Episode 17, The Reunion. Uh, next season we're doing is Season 4 of Below Deck Mediterranean. So get ready for that, guys. It's going to be a fun season. So uh, you can follow us at Deckheads Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at deckheadspod at gmail.com. You can check out our merch. On T Public, we have Deckheads merch on T Public. It's a lot of fun stuff. More stuff is coming. I always say that because we're always coming up with good ideas. Brosin, bro, it's a bro bosin. Duh, in the name of Joao and uh, Brian, our favorite med brosins. So yeah, check that out and leave us a five star review. We would absolutely love that. We would just love that. It would just make our day. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can follow me at Anna Hostian. Nick is at Nick's Turners. Check out his Patreon. All right. We're outie. Bye. Deckheads is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wounded. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today.